0: Welcome to Day6 Ranch Podcast. I'm your host, Jason Swick. On this show, we share testimonies from all aspects of the equine industry that will inspire you to pursue your purpose, optimize your potential, and prevail in peace. If you want to get more out of life and build your legacy-worthy lifestyle, we encourage you to visit day6ranch.com to stay connected. Welcome back to Day 6 Ranch Podcast. This week, we're going to cover our faith-based series titled White Horse Remuda. But before we get too deep into scripture, I just wanted to extend a huge thank you to Stormy Mullins and the entire Bar M production staff for allowing us to be a part of the Fort Worth Mustang Show, and more specifically, entrusting us with the VIP experience. We had an absolutely incredible turnout at the VIP events and had folks in attendance who had no horse experience at all all the way through people with decades of professional experience in the horse business. I would like to thank Katie and Elliot Holtzman of Versatile Horsemanship for their commitment and support of the VIP experience. Those in attendance had a great time getting to know Elliot and the training process that he traveled with his Mustang Gunsmoke. Dan James of Double Dan Horsemanship deserves a huge thank you as well for hanging out at our VIP reception and pouring into the bunch. We can't forget Mark Lyons of Lion Horses and all the credible experience he brought to the table when educating the group on what it takes to put together a finished Mustang. Again, I want to thank all who are in attendance of making it such a wonderful event and memorable Fort Worth Mustang show. Lastly, I want to thank the Day 6 Ranch crew for all of the effort they put forth in the preparation and execution of this year's VIP experience. Without their dedication and commitment, this event never would have come to be. And because of their tremendous effort, I am forever grateful. I want to thank everybody who stopped by the Day 6 Ranch booth over the course of the event. It was great sharing testimonies. I was blessed to meet a small group of Marines and share life with them. I also want to thank the crew from Customs and Border Protection who stopped by and shared their incredible stories of patrolling our borders from the backs of Mustang horses. All in all, it was a great event, and good Lord willing, we'll be back in 2024. Now on to this week's episode of White Horse Ramuda. This week we challenge our perspectives on how we handle trials and temptations. Specifically in this episode, we cover James 1, 2-16, Romans 5, 3, and John sixteen thirty three. Those verses will be cited in the show notes for this week. It is fair to say that we will all be tested by trials and temptations at some point in life, but focusing on Him and understanding our perseverance is sourced by our Creator gives us an incredible ability to push farther than we ever expected. As always, we thank you for your continued support of Day6Ranch Podcast. And to stay connected with all our events, podcast episodes, and educational material, you can visit day6ranch.com, scroll to the bottom of that homepage, and sign up for our monthly newsletter. Should you find the content of this episode valuable, we ask you to share it with one friend who may be in a similar season of life and need to hear such encouraging words. We hate to keep you all waiting any longer. Here is our conversation on Trials and Temptations all right jr well here we go again on uh, white horse ramuda what's new since we last talked? uh how about the rain cow horse world what's been going on
1: oh thanks for having me man i'm excited we uh we talking before we hit the record button and i am fired up what's been happening i am busier than a one-legged man in a kickboxing contest have <laughs> uh shoot chasing yearlings around chasing kid around Cowhorse world um uh, i dealt with some gravel and abscess issues earlier this spring so uh we had to miss the show i was trying to get to in douglas at the end of june um was going to go to one in july ended up going to the high school finals to speak in front of those contestants instead uh, then went up to Heart of the Horse, got to do a presentation and demo and speech with that. It was incredible. That was such an awesome experience. The Flanders do an awesome job. That was great. And then got home from that, a Couple, I guess it would that would have been a couple weeks ago. Went from there to Rapid City to my second show um, over Labor Day weekend here and just got home from that a couple days ago. Um and it was great man uh, scores didn't reflect it i zeroed in the rain in the first day she backed up too far and the first stop but the cow work was bang on was super good the second day i entered the next level up so i entered the intermediate non-pro boxing also um I, she kind of trotted off in a departure and then didn't pick up the right lead and uh some of those things so i was like 135 or 130 in the rain and and the 141 and a half on the cow and then the second day she was kind of slinky in her right turnaround all weekend so uh talking to my coach aaron and he was watching the film and he said i think you he said i don't know what you're doing so different in the warm-up pen and at home but says looks to me like you're getting in the show pen and you're just kind of throwing her head and diving into all that stuff he said so i want you to stay patient Set it up and send her instead of just letting her dictate. So we kind of executed that game plan. Schlanky in the right turnaround. So we had planned if she did that again to use my raw male and whip her on the left hip. And so first stop was awesome. She melted in. I sent her off in the left, made sure I sent her off in the left lead on my first rundown departure. She melted in her stop. Didn't back up. Stayed calm there. Left turnaround was good. And then every time the right turnaround was down at the out gate. So I think she was cheating me. She's so smart. Trying and to hit knows the barn. Not, not, I don't have my whips when I'm showing, so... Yeah, like she just gets to step knob and was heading for the out gate. So, (laughs) as I did that, I reached back and laced her one to get her to settle in there. And she, I, I ended up over spinning. I did four and a half turns instead of three and a half. So I zeroed in the rain again. But other than that, it was a perfectly executed plan. I, I center in the left leads. Uh, The circles were way better. Lead changes were awesome. Stops were the best they've been. And I was a one forty four on the cow. So. Although the scores didn't reflect it, I got home and it was a great, great weekend. Um, I think in that game, and not only in that game, I think in life in general, you're either you're either winning or you're learning. So I had a I had a full on weekend of learning, but the the take there was a lot of little wins in it. Um, I've rode with Justin Warnicke one day and Justin Lawrence one day since April, and other than that, it's been. <laughs> just me you know and yeah, yeah So to be able to go down there school myself warm up myself and get through it without complete failure was a huge win for me and uh great takeaways great homework um Justin watched me while I was down there and he even wrote her for me uh one night and he's like it feels to me like you're just kind of creating some of this panic. He said, "You're oh, I think you're over drilling the, the maneuvers at home. He said, so you need to get home. And Warnicky, I stopped at his house on our way home from Canada, and he kind of said the same thing. He's like, if you can steer and guide, he said, the maneuvers will be there. And Lawrence backed up that saying by, you need to go home and make sure you can smoothly get all these things all the time when you ask. You own every step just get that horse to be more to you. And so it was great takeaways. Um, he said, you ride good enough. He said, your balance is good enough. You're doing everything good enough. Now you just need to make sure that, that don't worry about the maneuvers, save that fancy stuff for town, go home and go back to the basics. So it was great, man. It's been, it's been great. It was, super huge confidence boost to go on i'm on i entered douglas again the september show here in a couple weeks so good homework for the next couple weeks and go try it again
0: good stuff well it's so reflective of life you know we need to start a a huge shift that people can can make in their perspective to start stacking victories is, is changing the pursuit from perfection being the objective and making that objective progression right chasing progress as long as we're moving in the right direction however slight uh, it'll all come together but when we when we chase perfection oftentimes we mash the gas a little more aggressively than it needs to be and and we end up in fights that shouldn't be there
1: oh man i uh so i was going i was going to prepare for that speech at the high school finals mm-hmm. and uh was looking for some quotes and just some things to use and i come across this uh interview with kobe bryant and in the in in the interview they asked him how'd you get so good was it your work ethic was it this was it that what was it and a very profound statement that i've been hanging on to ever since i listened to that interview was he said every single day he said i chased perfection and excellence he said that's why I outdid a lot of my competition because I wasn't naturally better than they were. I wasn't born with those things which I think he's full of crap. I think there was that natural innate ability. Mm-hmm. But regardless, I, I felt the same way like when I was rode I wasn't naturally a good bareback rider. And he but he said every single day I just chased excellence and perfection. And I outran a bunch of my competition because they were not willing to strive for excellence and perfection without something attached to it, without a guarantee attached to it. And I started reflecting on that a lot. It was like, when I'm chasing something, am I am I just chasing the outcome or am I enjoying the journey? I don't care if exactly. it's life, I don't care if it's yes, business, sir. I don't care if it's faith, I don't care if it's whatever. If, Am I still willing to give it my all if there's no guaranteed outcome to it? Am I willing to work as hard as I work now to get to the world's greatest horseman if I never get there? Absolutely. Every single day, if I just strive for excellence and perfection, win the day. If I can win the day, I start stacking them victories and the outcome is what happens from me striving for excellence and perfection and to tie that biblical, biblically matthew five forty eight says we're to be perfect as our father in heaven is perfect now the backsides of those are we all fall short of god's glory A-farm. the wages of sin or death so god is not necessarily worried about my perfection he just wants me to strive he wants my heart he wants here's my everything i know i messed up but i'm going to be better tomorrow I'm going to be better today than I was yesterday. And if we'll approach life that way, we will stack those little victories and and overcome and achieve all that we want to achieve because we're chasing excellence and perfection. We're not chasing the outcome.
0: Master the moment. That's what yep. I tell people. Master the moment. That's how you stay present and stay pushing. Well, today on White Horse Remuda, we're going to take on trials and temptations. I think it's fair to say that In most people's journey, you're going to fall flat on your face, and that's going to happen repetitively, and how we respond dictates the trajectory of our lives and whether we choose to be a victim or we choose to be a victor. So we're going to break down James 1, specifically, we're going to go 2 through 16, and I'll read through them here in a little bit, and uh, we'll start to break it down and build it up and see see what comes of it. But starting at James 1, verse 2, "'Consider a pure joy, my brothers and sisters.'" blown and tossed by the wind. That person should not expect to receive anything from the Lord. Such a person is double-minded and unstable in all they do. Believers in humble circumstances ought to take pride in their high position. But the rich should take pride in their humiliation, since they will pass away like a wildflower. For the sun rises with scorching heat and withers the plant. Its blossoms fall and its beauty is destroyed. In the same way, the rich will fade away even while they go about their business. Blessed is the one who perseveres under trial, because having stood the test, that person will receive the crown of life that the Lord has promised to those who love Him. When tempted, no one should say, God is tempting me. For God cannot be tempted by evil, nor does He tempt anyone. But each person is tempted when they are dragged away by their own evil desire and enticed. Then, there's a lot to unpack in those 16 verses. But when we really start to look at things, I mean, when I read us and and summarize what we're talking about here, this first section, when it's talking about that, no one should doubt because you'll be like a wave at the sea blown and tossed by the wind. There's going to be uncertainties in life and, and there's going to be unpredictable circumstances in life. But when we when we remain steadfast in our faith, in our relationship with God, it definitely helps to steady our course. Jarrell, what's your opinion as far as maintaining that unwavered faith and, and making sure that you stay the course and not being distracted by the trials and the temptations that earth has to offer?
1: Oh man, this, uh, this scripture here really ignites my soul. When I very first got hurt, I'm coming on five years now. And when I very first got hurt, uh, this has been a, a verse and a part of Scripture that I have often reflected on and often turned back to. Because it doesn't say if troubles come our way. It says when troubles come our way. So we... Can rest assured, guaranteed that we're all going to face trials, struggles, tribulation, hardships. When those things come our way, to consider it opportunity for great joy. Now that is way easier said than done. My wife had told me she was pregnant, expecting our first child three weeks before I got hurt, and I read that was one of the very first verses I reflected on. And how do you find joy? sitting in a hospital bed with a broken back, T nine paraplegic, unable to feel or move your legs, and how do you find joy in the struggles? How, we're dealing with a, a a death in the rodeo family, Trent Montero. My heart goes out to his wife and family. She's my age, thirty one years old, made the finals in two thousand nineteen. He has a he has a baby that's a month old. And had a bareback horse fall down and roll over on him, and a bunch of complications ruptured his uh, pancreas, and had like ten surgeries. And at one point, they thought he was going to be good, and he ended up passing here last week. And so, I've really been reflecting on on this. And uh, how do you how do you not doubt? And how do you not have fear? And how do you not, not have these things? And I, I think it's impossible. I think that's what the enemy does. He comes to steal, kill, and destroy. He comes to distract us from, from our faith. He comes to distract us from knowing that God has a plan and knowing that God is our comforter and that he will lead us to greener pastures and uh, and by peaceful streams that he will walk with us through our, the valleys of our shadows of death and there there's a grieving period that needs to take place and at the end of the day though i think those are human emotions those human emotions are okay it's what we do with those human emotions that dictate our course that dictate that dictate where we go, and do we go into a life of sin of doubting, fear, anxiety, blaspheming the Holy Spirit, or do we turn? Do we take that stuff to the Lord? And in five years of my recovery, I've 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 had plenty. I've never asked the Lord why me. But I've, I've asked the Lord a bunch, how am I going to, and why am I not getting what I feel like I believe, and why am I not getting what I've asked for? I've prayed for miracles. I've believed for miracles. I thought I'd have been walking four years ago. And um, I've said it on here before, but a comment that a lot of people say to me is, I don't know if I could have the same attitude that you have if I were put in that same situation. And it used to bug me. It used to, I didn't understand it. I didn't understand what they meant. I'm the same JR that I was when I was riding bareback horses and they were cheering on. I'm that same individual. I have that same character. So I didn't understand it. And through four, through four years of recovery, five years of a wreck, I have been deep, dark, depressed. I have been at the crossroads of suicide. I have struggled. I have worried. I have had fear. I've been happy. I've experienced all that you can experience with the four-year-old toddler. I've I've had joyful moments. I've learned, I've grown, I've been frustrated, sad, I've had breakthroughs and overcome things. And through the whole course of that whole journey, this whole journey is I keep reverting back to what Chris Fox told me last winter. He said it's it's lonely at the top, but he said there's a common misconception of why it's lonely at the top. He said we climb to the top of the mountain, and it's not lonely because there's nobody else up there. Everybody else is jealous about us being up there. He said it's lonely at the top because once we get to the top and we receive that saddle or we receive that buckle or we get that trinket for winning, winning the winning the prize that we had so hardly sought after, we looked down the mountain and we realized that the real victory was in the climb and how true is that to this to this scripture we just read? the hard moments, the deaths the the wrecks, the financial burdens, the house burning down, the car wreck that. That leaves us without a vehicle. the the moments The moments that we have, have fear, doubt, worry, anxiety, stress in our lives. What are we doing with that? Are we responding to the world? Are we trying to take that on by ourselves, or are we taking that to the Lord and letting Him show us, letting our faith endure? I think we did a we did a um, Bible study earlier this morning. We we were just reminiscing about Trenton and and talking about that and the question was why would such a good God let stuff like this happen to us why why and I think a common misconception in Christianity is once you've accepted Jesus Christ as your Savior that life is easy and I've read through this Bible front to back and I've never found one time that it says that it's easy and actually in Romans Romans 5 starting at 3 it says we can rejoice too when we run into problems and trials For we know that they help us develop endurance and endurance develops strength of character and character strengthens our confident hope of salvation. And this hope will not lead to disappointment for we know how dearly God loves us because he has given us the Holy Spirit to fill our hearts with his love. And I think that's just, uh, it's the exact same thing as James two through four here, that These hard things in our lives, these hard moments in our lives, they they are an opportunity for us to grow. They're an opportunity for us to surrender. They're an opportunity for us to give everything to the Lord so that we can receive everything in everything that we do. And when we rely, His grace is sufficient for me. I don't need to know why. I don't need to understand why. It's okay to ask. He says, if you need wisdom, ask, Lord, why? Why is this happening to me? Why? Why? How, how am I going to be able to raise a four-year-old kid from a wheelchair or a baby from a wheelchair? Lord, why? Why should Maria have to go through the death of a 31-year-old husband and tackle parenting a month-old baby? Why, why do these things happen? Isaiah 55, 8, 9, my ways are not his ways. His thoughts are way higher than my, th- my thoughts. His, 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 way, his ways are way higher than my ways. I might not always get the answer to why, but I guarantee you when I seek Jesus's face, when I lay those things down at his feet, when I go to him with my frustration, when I go to him with my anger, when I go to him with my worries, doubts, fears, that's where I receive power. That's where I receive peace. That's where I receive joy. That's where I receive all that he has to offer me. Jesus did not come to be served, but he came to serve. And he says in, in in I think it's John 16, it says, I have told you all this so that you may have peace in me. Here on earth, you will have many trials and sorrows, but take heart because I have overcome the world. And so when I take those things to Him, I can't doubt that I will get an answer. I might not get the answer I want. I might not get the answer I'm thinking, but I will. It's an opportunity for me to get an answer. It's an opportunity for me to learn. It's an opportunity for me to grow my faith. It's an opportunity for me to let Him change my heart, change my desires, change... How I'm looking at life. Maybe he's telling, giving me a slap upside the head, and telling me that I need to tell those around me that I love them because we are not guaranteed tomorrow. So make the most of today, and don't let your faith waver. Are you trusting the world or are you trusting the Creator of the universe, the one that loves me enough that He sent His Son to die on the cross so that I can go to the place that He went. And so that I can can receive all that he has to offer me. And it made me think a lot about how I've handled my situation, because I've I've before we hit the record, button, we were talking about this. uh, When I give those speeches, I, I feel a bit of inadequacy. I'm 31 years old and I sit in front of a crowd of 50 and 60 year olds that have experienced way more life than me. And I, I get a bit of inadequacy because I'm like, who am I to give life advice to 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 these people? Who am I to say here's how you get through a struggle in your life? And what I've come to realize is the the gifts and the life experiences that the Lord has let me experience um, when I'm not selfishly. Trying to reap all the benefits of those, I understand that I have something to offer the world. And what do I have to offer the world is my story and my testimony. And at those moments, those hard moments in my life, I've I've always turned to the Lord. At the crossroads of, of suicide, I never stuck a gun in my mouth, but I, I prayed to the Lord. I did the Elijah prayer. Lord, please take my life away from me because I think my wife and son would be better off without me. I think if you sent them someone that was more capable, that they would be better off. if you sent a husband to my wife that could go downstairs and turn on the water heater, that could still carry out the garbage, that could whatever, that they would be better off without me. Give give my give my son a or a father that can teach him how to saddle his horse and, and all these things. I had those I had those thoughts. I had those things. And it, what kept me from sticking the gun in my mouth? I started praying, man. I started seeking the Lord. I started asking Him why. I started saying, show me something. I started seeking this presence of, Lord, give me peace. Give me rest. How do I, how do I enter into your rest as you talk about in Hebrews 4? How do I find joy in this suffering and in this hardship? How do I not doubt you? I prayed that I would receive a miracle ago, or I prayed that I would receive a miracle a year ago. How do I not doubt you? And I have not heard an audible voice. I have not heard him give me those answers, but I guarantee you I'm still here five years later from the wreck, still striving, still trying, still seeking, still getting by still understanding he sent me people he sent me sermons he's opened my book up to uh or uh, when i open the bible he's he's put those words that are alive and active and powerful and in a double edged sword he's put those verses in my heart to give me the peace to give me the joy to give me the strength to keep trying to step forward to to keep keeping on and I don't think anything about the Christian life is comfortable. Jesus' life was not comfortable. He went against the norm. He loved the unlovable. He forgave the unforgivable. He served the people that didn't deserve it. he I mean, come on, man. He came to die. He carried his own cross to the most shameful death so that I could join him at the place, uh, at the right hand of the Father. And... When I seek that, when I get to the basics of faith of, Lord, thank you for your grace. Your grace is sufficient for me. When I know that your grace is all I need, that I am made powerful in my weaknesses, that's where I receive those things. That's where I receive peace, joy, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, self-control. When I take my eyes off myself and I start seeking the Lord, how do you want me to use this? to serve others, I start seeing it and I, I keep moving on. And so it super made me think about John six, when Jesus is preaching the radical message that he is the bread of life and anybody who eats of his flesh will never hunger again. And, When I accept the Lord as my Savior, when I make Him the absolute Lord of my life, it doesn't mean that every day is easy. It doesn't mean that every day I get it perfect. It doesn't mean that I am Jesus Christ in the flesh. Um, You don't have to ask very many people to understand that I am not perfect. (laughs) And if you need to ask somebody to check my validation here, you can ask my wife, like, I am not perfect. I do not always get it right. I do not always win the moment, win the day, win the win, win the prayer. But I can promise you in the last five years, I've learned how to seek Jesus's face. I've learned how to seek his heart. And there's been plenty of trying times in my life where I'm, I, have, I say the prayer, Lord, I don't understand. I don't know. Show me the way. I don't even know how to get through tomorrow. I don't even know how to get through the next hour. Show me. And he has never failed me. He has never let me down. His word does not return void. And so hes he it just reminds me of John 6. He, he feeds the 5,000. He performs this these great miracles. And um, then he talks about being the bread of life and anybody who, who eats of my flesh. Uh, will never hunger again. Those who those who drink from me will never be thirsty. And it's just this radical message. And a lot of people don't understand it. They're like, what the heck, you're a crazy person talking here. He's like, we're out of here. So a lot of the people that were following him start to start to leave him. And in John 6 63 he says, the spirit alone gives eternal life. Human effort accomplishes nothing. And the very words I have spoken to you are spirit and life. Then later on down there at 66, um, they start to leave him. And Jesus asked, he says, then Jesus turns to the 12 and asked, are you also going to leave? And this is a very profound statement. Simon Peter replied, Lord, to whom would we go? You have the words that give eternal life. We believe and we know that you are the Holy One of God. I love it. in for a minute man like i think that's the epitome of James what the scripture you just read 1 mm-hmm. 2 through 16 man when hard stuff comes when the unthinkable happens when the unimaginable takes place when we get rocked when we get our world turned upside down to whom else am i going to go that's my answer how how do i have this attitude from this wheelchair, to whom else would I go? I have nowhere else to turn. His life, the word that he puts in my my spirit, the, 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 the word of God that I read, the people that he puts in my life to encourage and inspire me and keep me moving forward at my hard times are, are, are the answers. I don't always know why. I don't always understand. I don't always get the answer that I want to answer. But who am I to know? nobody freaking speak his face man because that's where your character is built that's where that's where your faith has a chance to endure that's where your faith has a chance to grow so that the next time you come to a trial you're like well shoot Jesus delivered me from that one he's gonna deliver me from this one too that's where less doubt happens that's where less fear happens because I truly rely on the man who came to die for my sins that gave me the free gift of salvation. I rely. I trust in him. I believe that his word is true. And it's it's that simple. I know that's a hard concept to grasp, but when you think when you when you look at tomorrow and you're like, I don't know how I'm gonna make it tomorrow, whom else are you gonna go? And that's how I handle life, and I think that's the epitome of what well, the scripture we read, James two through sixteen. Man, when when I go to Him and I say, Lord, I don't know how I'm going to handle this situation, but I believe You do. You do the Romans eight twenty eight make all things happen for the good of those that love You and are called according to Your purpose. I don't doubt You. I can't waver. I can't go. Well, Lord, if You give me this, I'll have a better attitude. No. Lord change my heart, let this situation shift me. I don't know how I'm going to make it to tomorrow, but I I don't know who holds tomorrow, but I or I don't know what tomorrow holds, but I know who holds tomorrow. Absolutely. Absolutely. That's that's how I face it, man. And it's not that I don't question, it's not that I don't worry, it's not that I don't have fears, it's not that I don't have doubts, it's not that whatever. It's that I don't let those dictate my actions. I try very hard to take those emotions to the Lord and let him show me, grow me, build my faith. And it does. It builds my trust. My wife and I were just having this conversation the other day. We're broke right now and literally have a couple hot checks out there. And I have I have money that's supposed to be showing up, but it hasn't shown up yet. And I'm like, I got a vehicle payment due. And I, it, it's, it's, yeah, the problem's real. The struggle is real. I can either choose to stress about that and let that zap me on my joy and my peace and my patience and my kindness and my goodness. I can let that create a roadblock that keeps me from serving others, from washing feet. I can make that go lock me up in my room and spend hours and hours on Instagram trying to figure out how to make money online. Or I can go, Lord, you I know you are good. I know you will provide I'm going to go and do the things that you have let me do. I'm going to go ride my horse with joy. I'm going to be grateful that I have my hands to use. I'm going to be grateful that I can throw the ball with my boy. And I know you're going to provide. Amen. When the hard stuff happens, it's a it's an opportunity for us to grow and to grow our faith. And we can either choose to look at it as an opportunity to grow or we can look at it as an opportunity to to. Fail, and I choose to look as an opportunity, to, opportunity to grow.
0: So, for those that aren't to that stage yet in their walk with God, I think there's a lot of power in the first half of James one four, and it says, "Let perseverance finish its work." So, mm-hmm. how do we develop perseverance? The the challenge and the temptations and the trials come from, and this is an absolute. These are just some of the contributing factors that I've seen, not only in my walk through life, but in talking and teaching to so many. First, I won't say first. One is the, the misappropriation of identity. You place so much identity and value of that identity in a thing, such as being wealthy, being a top performing athlete, being a CEO. But when all that stuff gets knocked out from underneath you, who are you then? I mean, I see it in the warrior world time and time over. Guys carry these titles and these roles and these jobs that that do carry weight within the industry. And that becomes their identity and that becomes their being. Well, guess what? There's going to come a time when you hang your gun belt for the last time or you hang your kit for the last time. And as soon as you walk out that door, who are you then? And that's a very, very tough answer that a lot of warriors cannot articulate in those first moments of that transitional season. So one would be the misappropriation of identity. Closely associated to that is idolatry. You're placing so much value in other things, not of him, that you start to become distracted. And you think some of these things, such as not being able to make a truck payment, not being able to get bills paid, not being able to get food on the table. Yeah, they're big, real problems. But when we start to focus on keeping up with the Joneses, and that idolatry starts to take over, that's where this undue pressure and stress comes from, and we start to worry and panic. Well, when we're worried and we're panicking, we're not focused on him. So again, we need we need to focus on God and rely on him. He is the perseverance that is finishing the work.
1: Yeah, I'll factor in my faith. Amen.
0: So when we start to manage some of the identity issues, when we start to manage some of the idolatry issues, when we actually have faith and patience, which is a very, very difficult thing to do. Very difficult thing to do. We panic because things aren't going well in our lives at the time that we want them to go well. But like we talked about earlier with a lot of trials and temptations, so many times I've asked God why. I think it's a fair question. But the the honest reality of that answer is it's none of my business. He has a much higher power. He has a much higher plan. It's far more intelligent than anything I can grasp. I need to focus on him and I need to do my job, what he has asked of me. When we talk about letting perseverance finish its work, you roll down to 112 and it talks, blessed is the one who perseveres under trial because having stood the test of time, that person will receive the crown of life that the Lord has promised to those whom love him. The trial, the perseverance through the trial is what builds our resilience is what builds our faith, is what builds our relationship. So when you fall on your face for the first time, yeah, it's probably going to hurt. There's going to be pain. There's going to be panic. There's going to be disorientation. When you start to understand that God represented that perseverance, God gave you the skills to get through that, when it's time to fall on your face for the second time, it's probably not going to hurt as bad. It's probably not going to be as disorienting. We know that, hey, God carried me through one, God's going to carry me through two. And that was a progression that took place in my career. And I honestly could not tell you how many times my number should have got punched in my job. I mean, it was dangerous, just like every other officer that's ever suited up. And there were many, many times where you look and statistically, I probably shouldn't have survived. God carried me through each and every one of those. So when I start to have those self-doubts of, "Ah, is this really what God wants for me? Or am I good enough? Or is this really what I'm supposed to do? God didn't bring me through all of those. God didn't help me survive and persevere through all those trials just to let me flounder. That ain't happening. Not in the slightest. Not in the slightest. So my encouragement would be when facing those trials and then in the temptations, natural instinct will kick in and the natural instinct is usually going to be some form of fear or panic or doubt. But please check yourself and challenge yourself that as soon as you start to feel those, take a deep breath and you need to go to God with it. You need to absolutely go to God with it, and you will very quickly find peace and resolution. And it might not be as quick as you think or you want, but there's an intended purpose of that trial. There's an intended purpose of that temptation, and it usually has to do with growing a relationship with Him on some level.
1: 100%, man. You're hitting her on the nail head. And that just made me think about the the ones that haven't experienced Jesus in their life yet or, or the unbeliever. And you and I can both attest that you, ca- you can get through life without God. You can't get through life without that. But the 100% true fact is nobody gets out alive. So there's a day that we die. So my challenge is that exact thing. What does God want from me? You, you, you ask that question, what does God want from me? My answer is God wants my heart. God does not need me, he wants me
0: that's powerful, powerful statement
1: afterward they receive the crown of life that God has promised to to those who love him. God wants me to love him ephesians four one I Paul, a prisoner for serving the Lord, beg you to live a life worthy of your calling that's it. God wants me to understand the nature of his heart. God wants me to understand how He loved me so much that He sent His one and only Son to die for my sins and offer me eternal salvation in heaven rather than in hell. God just wants me, man. He wants my heart. He wants my whole being so that I can receive all that He has for me. I was reading earlier to the little statement I put on um, a YouVersion Bible study app, and Oh, talk about cutting sails and stepping forward and and all these things. And I said, just like rodeoing, whenever I nodded my head on a bucking horse, I always knew the outcome could be death or getting paralyzed, yet I was comfortable doing it. I was in control in the middle of chaos. Me knowing that could happen never kept me from nodding my head. It's no different with Jesus. When I'm seeking Him, pursuing Him, and listening for Him, I can cut the ropes and go when it's hard, when I don't know the outcome, when I don't understand, when it looks impossible. I can keep going when I don't always get it exactly right. I can keep going when it looks way too big for me because I know when I wholeheartedly seek Him, I will find Him. And in my weaknesses, I am made strong. God doesn't need me. He wants me. He just wants my heart, my everything, so I can receive His everything in everything I do. He wants to be my control in all the chaos, my comfort in all the storms. And you don't have to look very hard in your Bible to find truth to that. Psalms 91.1, those who live in the shelter of the Most High find rest in the shadow of the Almighty. We talked about it on one of these podcasts earlier, Ephesians 3.20. God wants to do exceedingly and abundantly more than I can think or imagine. So I don't need him to create a billion-dollar business. But to do exceedingly and abundantly more than creating a billion-dollar business, I need God.
0: Absolutely. Man, it's good.
1: He doesn't need me. He wants me. He wants me right where I'm at. He wants me frustrated. He wants me tired. He wants me angry. He wants me sad. He wants me happy. He wants me grateful. He wants me thankful. He just wants me to seek him. Die to my flesh. Pick up my cross and follow him and follow him daily. Uh, Matthew six thirty three: Seek the kingdom of God above all else and, and his righteousness and all these things will be added unto you.
0: It's spot on. It's spot on.
1: If you don't know the Lord, try it. Start praying. Go open a Bible. Go. If you need a Bible, give me a haul or I'll send you one. Um, if you need, if you if you don't know how to pray, call us. We'll. we'll Heck pray yeah, I'll you. pray with you. Just try it. Go try it, and and tell me you don't feel something. Tell me you don't see something differently. Tell me you're not changed just by trying. He just wants my heart.
0: And that's true. And I think I think a fair a fair challenge given this episode is. When you face your next trial or temptation, you got to extend yourself a little bit of grace in understanding the normal human reaction, the normal worldly reaction. We are not perfect entities. We never will be. But very, very, very closely behind that, you have to intentionally take it to God. And that's the transformation change. And that's the challenge that I challenge anybody listening to this episode, regardless of your walk with God, whether you're a non-believer, whether you're Early in your walk, or you've been doing it for decades, try to intentionally pursue His heart and watch the transformation take place. And as always on this show, Jr. and I do not have all the answers, but we sure as heck enjoy looking them up. So,
1: well, that too. I think I think another little side note. Yeah, you got to extend yourself some grace too. But we're not doing this podcast to to prove our point either. We're not doing this podcast to prove that. God and Jesus are real. We're not doing it to to argue the theologies of life. We're literally doing this podcast because of the evidence of Christ in our life. Like absolutely, you can call me, can call me and argue with me all you want. I'm not. I'm not. I don't need to. Prove, I don't need to prove my point. Like I'm not doing it to shove it down your throat. I'm not doing it to. I'm not doing it to say. Hey, you need this. I'm doing it out of a act of love because I've experienced it. That's that's where the challenge comes from. It comes from a heart of love. Like yes. I want everybody to experience the the peace through your sufferings, the peace through your hardships, the joy in your troubles and struggles, the being able to f- find your purpose and your identity as you get to know christ the transformation that happens when it when it turns into a transformation relationship instead of a transaction relationship and it's it's not that we're trying to shove down your throat and prove our point it's from an act of love because we want all that hear this to experience what we've experienced and it's no bs man it's real
0: i live plenty of seasons of my life with a calloused heart and what God has done to put people in my life to open up my heart and my vision to see the world for what it is and, and all of His creation, I just feel that I need to steward the opportunities and hopefully provide some, that, some of that for somebody else. It's just part of being stewards of opportunity, right?
1: Yeah, 100%. You and I have talked about this. Like We struggle with unworthiness. <laughs> like, oh, yeah. Big I'm time. Not perfect, I'm not the perfect Christian. I'm not a a preacher behind the pulpit, but I do have a job and I do have a calling and that is to share my testimonies and what created my testimonies were the tests of life that I've faced. And I am a product of Jesus leaving the 99 to come find me. And he has. He pursued me and now that's what I like to do is pursue him. And it's changed my perspective. It's changed my view. It's made me grateful. It's made me made me thankful. I am unworthy to even touch his sandals, but my duty is to say that none of us are unworthy to know him.
0: Well, JR, I can't thank you enough. It's always fun to get on with White Horse Ramuda and cut up in the Bible and, and figure some of this stuff out and for those of you listening, JR and I are always available to go through scripture, take prayer requests, anything that we can do to help support your journey where, wherever you may be at in it. You can get a hold of me through day6ranch.com or any of our social media outlets. You can get a hold of JR through JR Vizaine on Instagram and JR Professional Bareback Rider on Facebook. JR, I can't thank you enough and I'm looking forward to the next one, my friend.
1: Man, love you brothers, fired me up. Have a good How one, yeah. man.
0: We'll talk to you soon. Yep, yeah,
1: see ya.
0: Thanks for joining us on day six ranch podcast. If you are looking to build a legacy worthy lifestyle, we encourage you to visit day six ranch.com and stay connected through our monthly newsletter, explore our free content and dive into our leadership and human optimization educational opportunities. As always subscribing to our show is a huge help, but more importantly, if a message you heard today moved you, then please share the show with just one person who may benefit from the same message. We must continue to take care of our own. So stay in the fight.